You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Iram, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Iram. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Rise and Love podcast. I have such a treat for you today. I'm actually going to be sharing an episode that I recorded with a dear friend. So this is actually an interview that I did with my friend, Julia Wells. Julia is an absolutely brilliant business coach, and we have been connected for several years. We were in a program together, and then we became actual friends, and then we traveled together. And since then, I've been coached by her. I've joined some of her programs in the past, and she has been coached by me as well when it comes to love. She was in the last round of my extraordinary love mastermind. So Julie and I did this interview a few weeks ago and it was just so good. And she shared it on her podcast, which I will be sure to link in the show notes because if you are a woman who has a business, if you want to bring more pleasure into your life, you know, you want to expand your mindset, any of those things, then you're going to want to tune into Julia's podcast also. But for today, I am going to be sharing the interview that she did for me for her podcast. So get comfortable. It's a really good episode. I know you're going to love it. Enjoy. Hi, guys, people, humans. I am so excited for today's guest. This is someone that is a close friend, has coached and mentored me, has called me on my own shit many times, which you guys know I love and respect a human who like deeply stands for people having what they want. And today we're venturing away from business, even though there are so many fucking parallels. And we're going to talk love and relationships with the one and only Crystal motherfucking Eero. Julia, I love you. I'm so happy we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I feel like this could be the five hour episode, but we can have part one through 17. No big deal. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have Crystal tell you guys what she does in a second, but I just want to start this saying like, thank you so much for always calling me on my shit always being like, no, you so get to have good love and this business and to, to have you watch me do both is such an honor. Mm, you're so and welcome. I'm just going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's the best. I, I, yeah, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I, I feel like you have been such a stand for women, just like doing everything from pleasure and like letting things be good. And so it was really fun to like support you as you brought all of those vibes into love. Like you're such a queen of that in business. And I think seeing you be like, oh, it actually is exactly the same. Right. <laughs> so good. You know, and it's like you did the same thing where you're like, wait, am I doing this wrong? Like, is it working? But then it's like, right. no, it really is the same. Like it takes a minute. And then you're just like, oh, it's actually super easy. And like it gets to be easy and it gets to keep getting better and better. And like, yeah, uh, all the good stuff. And we both watched each other do the same thing in love and in business. We, I think, were in programs together when both of us were in very different stages of business. Crystal was doing something totally different. I was actually there the day in Bali where you were like, actually, 
I want to coach on relationships. Will anyone want this? And now you have a beautiful business. You've helped me and so many other people step into like way bigger versions of love and being women that get to have the business and the love. And so I'm excited to talk about the parallels and bring your genius to the podcast. So, well, so actually, I think it's kind of fun how we know each other because like you have internet friends and then you have internet friends that become real life, real life friends. Like Crystal and I met in, tell the story. It's so fun. And then we'll tell you. We met in a program. So remember we met in uh, Rebecca, I don't remember. Yeah. We met in one of her programs years ago. Like this was what, three, four years ago? Probably four years ago. And we both were like not fully owning our magic. And I, I was just like, Oh my God, I love this girl. She's so cool. And I sent her a message and I was like, do you want to be my friend? (laughs) And I, we like actually became friends and then we were in Bali together. We went on a retreat. And then it was like, after that, it was just like, ah, yes. And then we went to Greece together. Yeah, very random. I had a friend that was going to Israel for a work trip. Crystal lives there. And I was like, hi, let's meet. And then also let's fly to Greece together for a few yeah. days. And we did and like met at the airport, met your husband <laughs> and took off to another foreign land. So good. And it's also, it's just cool like how far we've come because I remember being on that trip and you you were still at the point where you're like, I just want those 10K months, consistent yeah. 10K months. And like- <laughs> When we're speaking right now, like you just crossed a million for the year. Like it's insane. Yeah, I know. Um, it's so wild. And I have like the situationship of all situationships. And now I like have this beautiful, yes. loving, healthy, not yes. situation. Yes, we were in Greece and I was like yelling at you on a boat. And you were yes, like, I really triggered. remember. <laughs> you were like, no, Julia, please walk away. Like, this this is not good. It can be actually good. Like, please stop convincing yourself. Um, but it was it's so cool because it's like we're friends. I've worked with you. I joined Social Media Seductress, which was really very, very powerful for me. And it's like, you can get transformation from anything because that was really, really powerful for me. And like the coaching I got from you was really helpful. And now you've worked with me and it's just cool. It's like friends can hire friends and everything can be awesome. Evidence for everyone listening. You can just like (laughs) go, okay. So tell us like your little spiel of what you do. And then we're going to dive into all of it. All the things. We'll see. So I am a love and manifestation coach. I, my specialty is helping single women manifest love, the loves of their lives, happy, healthy, loving, committed relationships. Um, I personally went from having situationships, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of heartache, a lot of attracting the wrong kind of men and being attracted to the wrong kind of men. And then really was like, I'm going to figure this shit out. And I called it the year of the man and I prioritized my love life. And I upgraded my love blueprint and I learned how to love dating and I became an amazing dater. And I went from completely single, like not even a boyfriend to married in less than a year. So Um, it was 10 months from when we had our first date to when we were married. And I now help other women, you know, do the same. Not all of them want to get married fast. That was... (laughs) Yeah. Crystal's always on my ass. I'm like, I don't know if I ever want to get married. <laughs> and that's fine though. It's like, it, you don't have to have the same relationship I had. That was the totally. desire I had. It's really like, what is the relationship that is going to be yes. best for you? That's going to be fun for you. Um, so I work with women. I have a course. My signature course is the School of Manifesting Love, which gets really amazing results for women. And it's just, you know, you go through the steps. It's really everything that you need to call in love. And then obviously I coach women as well. And that's really 
my heart. It's actually working with women and calling them on their bullshit and helping them see where they are stuck and clearing those blocks and upgrading and up-leveling in their love lives really quickly. Yeah. So if you guys are used to on the pod, me being like, no, it can be way easier. And like, actually it can look like this and work like this. Crystal's that version of being, but in love and being like, no, 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 no. Like it's so much easier than you're making it. Like, here's what's going on. Like, actually, what if it could be like this? And you're just like, oh my fucking God. (laughs) And yeah, it's just so beautiful to like be coached by you. I've watched you coach so many people that just I, I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, like this is a lot and they're totally in their head and you can just bring someone back into like deep trust in their body, like fully believing, getting into relationships, like stop overthinking all of the fucking things and just go out there and like what, what you call it, like upgrading your blueprint and like do exactly that. Like be the person before the love shows up. And so like, I want to dive into that for people who are listening. They're like, what the actual fuck? Cause it's the same as money. Like act like you are that business owner. Like I had to be 10 K Julia well before I had 10 K months. I've been million dollar Julia way before I hit a million dollars. Right. And so I want to talk about that around love and what, what you see come up, especially for entrepreneurs, successful women like us that are very independent that uh, you know, have had patterns in the past where maybe we couldn't receive the love or even claim our desires. Yeah. Like for me, a big thing was like, I never wanted to admit I wanted a relationship. I was like, oh, it'd be like a nice to have thing, <laughs> but not like, oh, I'm someone who like needs this. And I remember one time you said like, you have to like need a man or like need a husband. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I can <laughs> want them, but like, I would never need a man. Like, is this bitch absolutely fucking insane? <laughs> But being willing to adopt some of these bigger belief systems that you that you teach on is like been so monumental for me to even like allow this into my life and be able to want this and and work through my own shit enough for it to show up. Yeah. Yeah. I think for a lot of women, it really becomes like a part of their identity where it's like, I don't need a man. I am independent. And especially for women who are successful and who have like created these big, amazing lives and they've done so many things. And it's like, well, I don't, I I don't need a man. Like, look what I've done on my own. But then they become very attached to this. Like, I don't need anyone. Look what I've done on my own. And it's, you know, I talk about sacrifice sometimes because sacrifice gets such a bad rap and it's like, I don't want to have to sacrifice anything. And I'm like, no, if you want to be in a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship with a really amazing man who wants to show up for you and love you and like really be there for you deeply you are going to have to sacrifice in a big way because you're going to have to sacrifice that part of your identity that says like, I don't need anyone. I can do this entirely on my own. Because when you're with like a good guy, he's going to want to be a part of your life. Like he's going to want to support you. You're not going to be able to say, oh, I've done everything on my own. I don't have any support. I'm completely independent. Like, no, you're with a man who really loves you. Like you're not going to be able to feel that way. (laughs) Like you're going to have to feel loved and supported and cherished and like, oh, there's someone who's actually making my life easier and better. And sometimes that becomes part of our story. We don't want to like let go of this, like, oh, I've done everything on my own. Right. And it's like served us so well to be that woman in a lot of ways in the world and whatever, like it was very well-intentioned. And then to realize that that part of your identity has to shift is to me terrifying. Can you like, for people that are listening that maybe like feel like you just punch them in the fucking stomach there of like, ah, fucker, I don't need a man, but I just want a man. Like, tell us like, you know, everything coaching like starts with awareness. So how would someone know if they were in that paradigm where they're a little bit more in want and haven't 
swallowed the like, I need a man and I'm going to let myself need a man and receive from a man. Like what, what are like their tendencies? You know what I mean? If you were like, I mean, the easiest thing is like, what is showing up in your love life? Mm-hmm. Like, that is the clearest evidence of where your mindset is because whatever is currently showing up, that's like, that's where your head is. So if you aren't able to receive, then like, you're not like, you're not getting anything. Like you're not having men showing up for you. They're not like stepping up in that way. Um, Break yeah. down the difference there. Uh, Cause like one thing I'm thinking about just like is men show up that like do things for you, but not commit to you. Cause I think that's like a big piece of it. Right. Is like, they could like woo you a little bit, but after a while, like if the commitment's missing, like, I feel like that's that core piece, right. would be like, Oh, like this guy does like great things, but why won't he commit? So I always tell them like, you have to look for alignment between their actions and words. Like people love to be like, Oh, words don't matter. No, words totally matter. If he's saying, I don't want to be in a relationship with you, but he's treating you like a girlfriend, he doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. And that treating like a girlfriend, he's probably doing with other women as well. You know, so it's like, is he saying, I care about you, I want to be with you, and also treating you kindly and lovingly and like showing up for you? So it's like, is there a disconnect? If you are seeing someone and he's just like, I don't want a committed relationship, but you're like, oh, but like he does all of these things. And like when we're together, he's so present. It's like, yeah, because it's fun when you're together. But like when someone's saying, I don't want a relationship or they're not committing, they're basically saying, I don't want to take any responsibility for the time that we're not together. Mm -hmm. So to be in the presence of a woman, like to be around a beautiful woman that's fun and smart, like that's, he's going to be getting a ton out of that. Yeah. You know, if you like, that's just about like, what is fun and pleasurable for him. He has to be moved to say, I also want to be responsible for you and your feelings and think about you and care about you when I'm not in front of you. Right. Cause I'm not getting your feminine energy. I'm not just getting to spend time with you. I don't get to look at your beautiful face and your sexy body and like be with you. And I still want, like, I still want to give to you. Okay. So it's easy for all of us. We know the narrative of like, great. Those are just the fuck boys. Men are all trash. Like there's just like a global pandemic of men who won't commit, but like bull fucking shit. Lots of people are married. So (laughs) what I love about you is also you're like, okay, that can be fine. Like that may be the case that like, that's just him. But most importantly is how do you be self-responsible for becoming the woman who isn't available for that, that steps into something else and can either attract, elicit, inspire somebody into that level. And so like, talk about that difference of like, when you actually have to do the fucking work instead of like blaming that. (laughs) I mean, so good. You, from the beginning, like as soon as you decide I'm serious, the best possible thing you can do is say, something is showing up in my life that I don't want. I don't want it to be this way. I'm going to assume that it's me. If you just say like, I'm going to assume it's me, even if I'm meeting fuck boys, even if guys actually are dicks, I'm still going to assume that it's all me. Yeah. And it's so hard because no one wants to like look at their love life and be like, this is clearly my fault. Like, it's not fun. It doesn't feel good. I suck at love. (laughs) What? Being like, oh, I suck at love. Right. It sucks. It doesn't feel good, but it's literally the most empowering thing you can do because then you're like, well, if I've messed this all up, I'm able to fix it. When you're putting it outside of you, then like there's nothing for you to do. You just have to sit and wait on God knows what. So for you to just, whatever is going on, just to say, I have created this. And if I want something different, I'm going to have something different. And it's like, you have to be willing to step into it first. Because if you are dealing with a lot of guys who are afraid of commitment, 
you are afraid of commitment. Mm-hmm. That was a hard pill for me to swallow. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> like, no. no surprise to the outsiders that I'm scared of commitment. Like, look at my lifestyle. But also, yeah. I was like, God damn it. Like, why do I only attract these men that are like situation shippy? And yeah. I was like, oh, wait a second. That has to be a mirror of myself. Of course. And it was me also. I also was terrified of commitment and I had no idea. I really didn't know. I thought that it just happened to be that guys didn't want commitment. And it was really an interesting realization when I was like, oh my God, I'm super scared of commitment, but it's so much easier for me to go after guys who don't want commitment because then I can put it on them and I still don't have to take any responsibility for anything that's showing up. Um, Because yeah, they're totally reflecting you. Like you're afraid of commitment. It's much easier to pick someone that way, but you have to, if you're really going to do something different, it's like, you have to be willing to sort of exactly like you said, step into it before anything is showing up. Because I went through this transition where it was like, I had had, I started dating someone really, really, really liked him, really thought that things were going to be different. And he dumped me so unceremoniously. I was like, I I mean, I don't know why I say unceremoniously. Like there shouldn't be a ceremony. It doesn't need to (laughs) like dumping is dumping. (laughs) Right. But it was, And so I remember I was driving home from his house and I'm in the car and I'm crying and I like pull over because like, I can't see it was all very dramatic. It's raining in LA and I'm like, "Ah." you know, so I'm, I'm in my car and I'm like having all these things where it's just like, oh my God, I guess I just don't get love. Like, this is so unfair. It's so frustrating. It's never going to work out for me. I thought this was going to be different. Why are all guys the same? I'm having all these thoughts. And then I literally in my head, which it was just like, stop it. I was like, I was like, rude. No, like, look, I was just like, oh my God, I need to stop. Like, I'm just, I'm taking no responsibility here. And so then I did what I call like a dating detox and I stopped dating for months. And I was just like, I'm going to focus on like figuring this out. And that's, that's what I did. And so that's really where I sort of went through like the process. I now go through my clients with of like really figuring out like what is going on? Why am I like creating these patterns? How can I change them? And, um, it was like, I was in the gap for a little bit. Like there was a period where it was like, I could feel that something had shifted. I could feel that I was ready for something different. And I I hadn't, I still hadn't met someone. Like I hadn't, I didn't have the evidence for it yet. And I did this thing where like all of the guys that were sort of like in my back pocket or, you know, who were friends, but also kind of liked me or I kind of liked or like guys that I just knew would take me out if I felt like it. I cut off all of those relationships because I I was like, universe, I'm ready for commitment. Like I want a real committed relationship. I'm not going to allow anything in my experience that isn't that. And so it's like when I did it, I felt really good. I was like, oh, this was the right move. I'm so on top of things. The universe is going to show up. And then it was like nothing. It was crickets. <laughs> I was just like, oh God, you know, like, now I've cut off all of my like back pocket guys. Like, yeah, who's going to take me out? And, you know, I like men. Men are fun. It's fun having guys around. And it was like a lot of my guy friends were not pure friends. There was like a little bit of an element of something else. And so I had ended things with them. And so it was, that was not my favorite time. Mm-hmm. But it made it so that when I met my husband, there were no uh, there were no like entanglements. I was dating a lot of, I was dating several people. So I was dating other guys that I had to end things with, but there was no like, oh, well, he's been in my life for three years already. You know, it was like, everything was very, it was very clean. Like it felt like very, you know, I was like fresh and ready. And when I was ready to commit to him, 
there weren't like a lot of extra complications. But there was that period where I was like, I wanted commitment and I still wasn't quite attracting it. But I had like taken the step to be like, I'm not settling for these non-committal things. And like being willing to sit in that discomfort of like, fuck, I made this decision. I have to like trust that the shift is happening, but maybe the evidence isn't there yet. Totally. Exactly. What do you see like your clients do to like, because I imagine that shift comes for a lot of people because I see it in business all the time, right? Where you're like, wait, I'm doing all the things. Like, why isn't it here? Yeah. Like, how do you hold them through that? But also like, what are some of those patterns? Again, I think like just the awareness right now helps people be like, oh my God, that's me. So like, what do they do to like self-sabotage or fuck it up or like, like holding? It goes back to whatever they're used to doing. So for some people that'll be like, they're going to call, you know, the ex or, you know, they'll keep going out with someone who already told them he doesn't want what they want. You know, it's like something where it's like you're settling, you set the standard, you decided on this thing and now you're trying to backtrack. You're like letting these things slide. Or I'm just like, I know it's hard, but like, you're not doing the work. Like you decided and then you want it to show up immediately. But like, and they're like, I've been manifesting. I've been manifesting this for months. And I'm just like, no, you haven't, bitch, because you are so focused on the fact that he's not here. Like, that's all you can see is that, like, he's not here. Right. And so it's the same thing when you're focusing on, like, where are my clients? I don't have any yep. clients. They're never going to show up. This is so frustrating. I like, only had a 2K month or a 3K month or four, yeah. seven, eight, nine, but not 10. <laughs> right. And it's just like, well, that's what you're focusing on. Like, that's exactly what's going to. That's what's going to keep showing up. Like that is where your head is. And I'm like, I know that it's hard. Like this is the work. This is the hardest part is like actually believing before you see it. Like if you didn't have to do that, then everyone would do it. You know, it would be straightforward. So it's just like, how can you create those feelings of certainty? Like, what would it be like if he were already here? What would it be like if you knew for sure that your person was going to show up? Like, how would you feel? You know, and that's like the thing that I always try to get my clients to come back to when they're like stressing over some guy, you know? And it's just like, of course you're going to feel attached to someone. It's fine to be like, Oh, I really like this guy. Mm-hmm. But if you knew for sure that you were going to have your person, whether it's him or if it's someone else, you wouldn't be freaking out. You know? And it's like, I can always ask them that question. I'm like, what would you do if you knew with a hundred percent certainty you'd be with your person? They're like, I would just relax. I would, I would, I would call him if I felt like it. I would wait for him to call if I didn't feel like it. I would tell him I love him if I felt like it. I wouldn't tell him if I didn't feel like it. (laughs) Like, they're just like, I I would just do the thing that I want to do and be done with it. Right. It's like the being versus like thinking in your head about all of the different pieces. hundred percent. It's just like the energy. It's like we work ourselves into a tizzy, but it's like, you know, exactly what to do. You're just losing your shit because you're sure that like, it's not going to work out. You know, if it doesn't work out with him, that is my last chance with love. I know I've had all of these years up until now to find love. And I know I've been heartbroken before and I still survive. But this is it. This, this is, is it. This is the time. I can't do it anymore. And it's just like, all right. <laughs> You're like, sure, sure, sure. I'm sure this is your only shot at love. Definitely going to believe that disempowering thought about you. Yeah. Like, since when? I just, my belief is that there's a lid for every pot. But by a lid, I mean, there's so many lids for every pot. Like. I just, I don't believe that anyone only gets one shot at love. And I don't believe, like, I don't ever, even I say your person, when I'm talking about like your soulmate or the love of your life, I always say like your person. And it makes it sound singular, but like, 
I don't really believe there's one person. I think if you have a person and that person can be your person for a long time and then it's not your person, you know, like I have a lot of women who are like divorced or single moms. And, you know, I think with single moms in particular, sometimes they get this messaging that like, you know, men don't want women who already have children or like they aren't going to get another shot or like they should have to settle. And I'm just like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like your ex-husband could have been an amazing person and you could have really thought he was your person or he could be a total jerk. Either way, you can still have love again. Like, I just don't believe that there's any limitations or like if God forbid something happens, you know, people lose spouses and boyfriends and fiancés and, you know, their person. He was still your person. And you get to have another person. Exactly. You know, I am in love with my husband. We have a really happy relationship. And if something happened to our relationship, I wouldn't, I would, I would believe I could have love again. Like, I hope our marriage lasts forever, but if it doesn't, then like, but it's like holding the duality. And I think that was such a helpful thing that like you and a couple other people had to help me like get through. And it's the same as the client is like, we can feel so attached that it's like, oh my God, if this client fires me or they say yes to working with me and then they back out, like it must mean something. And then like, we go into all of these things instead of like, oh, I could just have another one. Yeah. And I feel like to do that in love is so counterculture because we have such like a fairy tale forever cultural narrative around love. And to hear so many women be like, oh, I like love and adore and respect my partner. And like, if for whatever reason, death, growth, evolution, like I would just believe I got another. And I was like, holy shit, that's <laughs> this so true. But it feels like so much harder to swallow in love. And so just for everyone listening to like, that is a, that is like a place for you to get to. Yeah that you could be like, Oh wow. Like it could be this. I could show up fully, like be fully in it. And also I think a thing that's really interesting. So like, you know, I'm an advocate for marriage. I, I like being married. I, I love marriage. I'm like, everyone get married. (laughs) I think one of the problems though, is that people who do get married and have a marriage that doesn't work out, there's this energy of like, I've failed. You know, I think people put a lot of, it's like, Oh, I have failed at marriage. And I just, I'm like, I don't, I don't look at it that way. As much as I think that marriages that last forever are amazing. Like you, you also have to like live your best life. Sometimes you marry someone and then circumstances, relationships, things change. And like, it's not the best thing for you. And like, that's okay. Like you can still do it again if you want, or don't ever do it again. But like this idea that like, I have failed, like I have failed is very heavy. And like, I think it creates a lot of stuff. And I think also like, Women who get into their 30s and into their 40s who are single, they feel, I hear a lot like, well, it hasn't worked out before. And I'm just like, so? Like, totally. It's like with your business. Like, are you going to focus on all the time? Like, that was a pivotal moment for me being like, I'm just going to let go of all the things, all the times it didn't work, all the months that that weren't 10K and just focus on like, okay, who do I have to be? Like, what would it be like if that was already true? And then being able to do the same in love. And it's like, cool, I could burn the whole business down. Someone could take the business from whatever the world could come crumbling down. And I would just do it again if I wanted to. Yeah, totally. Totally. But it takes time. Like it takes time to get there because it's not, you know, it's not the popular point of view. It's not like mainstream. Uh huh. I was going to say, so like, how does someone like rebuild this whole new belief system? Obviously take Crystal's courses and work with Crystal, but like give us a little bit of just like, 
I don't know, take people through believing that's even possible. Cause I, I feel like these are some of those things that people are so locked in on of like, no way like that. I could never believe that that's true. Here's all my evidence against it. Like this bitch is fucking crazy. I mean, this bitch can be crazy and I still <laughs> like, and I'm still right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still right. Um, and listen, I'm not going to just let you breeze past work with me. Like if you're serious, then obviously, you know, you can get support. I think probably a lot of your listeners, like when it comes to other aspects of their life, like they'll hire a business coach or they'll hire a health coach or they'll get a trainer or whatever it is. Like if you're serious, then you can work with me. I'm brilliant. I'm very good at what I do. And, you know, it was like, even with you, when you came to me, you had met, I'm sorry, can I, is that okay to say? Yeah, we know his name. Okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like you had met him and you were happy and you were just like, I'm like, am I going to be able to hold this? Like it wasn't like you attracted guys also, like you didn't have a problem attracting. It was just like, this is going to be expansive for me. This is going to be really big. Like I want someone who can like, who already believes the things who could like see me as capable, but I'm like, Oh, this is a whole new thing to hold. So like, why would I ever do that by myself? Cause I like messaged you and I was like, I'm pretty sure we're going to make it official this weekend. But like, also I haven't been in a real relationship in fucking forever, literally probably forever since high school. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, this is not something I want to touch by myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's really powerful to get support. And I think so for you were had already prioritized it. I think for someone who's moving into it to have someone pointing out like these are your blind spots, these are your you know yeah. quote blocks. This is where you're getting stuck. These are the things that you're saying that you don't even realize you're saying is a big deal and is really helpful. But you know I think there's a couple of things that you can do. One is like be really willing to be very unpopular and like contrarian because. With a lot of the women that probably a lot of the women in your audience are around, they're probably very smart, very accomplished, and are probably amazing catches and still single. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with men? Because I know all these amazing single women. Mm-hmm. And I that is true. Like, it is true that there are a lot of amazing single women. And actually, I want to make another point about that I, that I don't want to forget. Um like be willing to be like, I'm not engaging in this. Like, I am not going to agree that men are trash. I am not going to agree that men don't want commitment. You know, it's like, it's really very popular and mainstream to talk about how terrible guys are. Yeah. He's such a bonding point for women. And I went through that also when my friends and I were single, that was the thing. Like, let's talk about what jerks men are. Um, let's talk about all the terrible dates we're going on. Like it's a bonding thing. And so if you're willing to be like, I'm not focusing on that, I'm going to actually focus on like the good things about men and like the good things I see from men. It's, it's fun. I think being contrarian is fun sometimes, but it's also uncomfortable and it's really like a little bit different and it can feel like it's sort of distancing you, but we, we, you want to train your brain to look for what you actually want. Yeah. You know, so when we're focusing on guys are such assholes, no one wants commitment. I don't ever meet men on my level. That's what you're finding. So when you start saying, I know that there are kind men who want committed relationships, you can start seeing that. And that might be with your friends who are married to good guys or were dating or engaged or whatever. It might mean colleagues. Maybe it's people that you work with and you're like, oh, I know the nicest guy. Never would be interested in him, but like, he's a really good guy. Starting to look for those things that you want to find, like looking for the evidence, making it up. You know, we can always interpret everything. Like 
you get to interpret everything. So like one of the things that I did and I think is really powerful is like decide what you want. You know, what is it that you want? I want a happy, healthy, loving, committed relationship. Okay. So every single thing that shows up in my experience on my journey to that means that I'm getting closer. So I went on a date with someone that I really liked. He never called. Okay, great. I'm getting closer to my person. Oh, I went on the worst date ever. Great. I'm getting closer to my person. Oh my God. I've been swiping and swiping. Haven't found anyone in two (laughs) weeks. Great. I'm getting closer to my person. Everything means I'm getting closer to my person. Yes. Make everything mean what you want it to mean, not what like your old fear blueprinty self would make that mean or your friends. Yeah. And then it's like, it starts showing up that way. And like, you got to remember, like it might take a minute. There could be a little bit of a gap. So you might be looking for that. And then like you go out with a guy where it's like the worst date ever. He spills his ice cream on you and then tries to kiss you. And you're like, what are you thinking? Like what? this was terrible, you know, or, you know, he makes you come meet him an hour and then takes you to some like gross little place. And you're like, why did I come an hour? I thought you invited me to come to you because you had something really cute and special planned, but now it's just you being lazy. Right. Okay. I'm getting closer to my person, right? Like just really, really starting to train your brain to look. And then it, it stops being so hard because then it actually starts showing up and you're not interpreting these things that feel so far off. You're interpreting these things that actually seem very close to what you actually want. And I think the other thing that's important to like remember is that the day before you meet your person, like you do not know that he exists. So good. It's like, it's not a thing in your world until it is. And I think recognizing that like it could happen at any time and not so that like you're always like, is he here, is he here, is he here? <laughs> but it's just like, you could be crying about like, oh my God, I'm never going to meet someone. And like literally the next day. You were like two two seconds away from him literally walking out. And like, okay. also I'm just going to plug and say, you can substitute any gender for whatever we're talking about. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. There's heteronormative conversation, but like. It we is. Because I work, with, I work with women who are looking for men, but the manifesting love is manifesting love. So like the concepts. Right. Are, it's yeah. the same in business. Like whatever. I don't really care what the fuck client you're looking for. The same principle is going to apply here of like, they're not there until they're there. And you have to make the evidence mean good things for you and like enjoy the journey. So I just wanted to name. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But also I know a lot of the listeners are also on the same page. So and it gets me all the things. Um, do you want to make your other point about single women or do you want to keep going on? This oh, point? yes. Okay. Good. Thank you. I think the other thing that women overlook, especially successful women, boss bitches, is that your career does not make you attractive to men. And it doesn't make you unattractive to men. I'm not saying, oh, you have to pretend to be dumb or you know, only tell them you're a... I don't know, a, a flight attendant. Or like, don't intimidate him with how successful you are. I feel like it's such a narrative. Right. I don't buy that at all. I no. do not, like, I just don't believe in it. I, I I don't believe in it. I believe that like, with your person, if you're a boss bitch, he's going to be like, my woman is such a boss bitch. She's so amazing. And he's going to be your biggest cheerleader. And whatever it is that he has at his disposal, whether that's money, whether it's connections, whether it's love, whether that's support, whether it's vision, whatever he has, he is going to want to give you and help your dreams get bigger. And if you're not meeting guys like that, then like you need to change your standards, Yeah, right? Like you get to know, like, I want to have an empire and I want someone 
who wants that for me. If you're dating someone who's like, no, I really want a housewife, that's fine. There are women who want to be housewives and that's perfect. That's not, you know, and I think we have a, a habit of like making people wrong when they have a desire that doesn't match what we are or what we desire. Mm-hmm. A guy who wants a housewife is not wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But if right, or a woman who wants to be one, like, right. go for it, go forth and find each other. <laughs> exactly. It's just about alignment. Like you yes. need to find someone who wants the same things that you want. And like, I don't buy that like me- men are too intimidated. You know, it's like, are some men intimidated? Possibly, but it's like, you don't focus on those. It's right. the same if you're a brunette and you're going after a guy who only dates blondes. why are you doing that? Like, (laughs) but also it's like kind of to our earlier point is also check your own belief system. So if you are attracting people that are intimidated, is it because you do believe that men are intimidated by successful women and like, Oh, look, if you could just shift your belief, which we literally can retrain our brains. (laughs) We're both like very big believers of this. Then like, okay, cool. Do your part and then start seeing like what's possible. Yeah. So, but to that point, what I was going to say is that, you know, women often desire men who have money, who have success, who have big careers. That is like a, a thing that a lot of women put a lot of weight on. And so what women often do is they think, well, because I have this kind of career because I make this much money, I deserve a man who's on my level. That's like a term that I hear a lot. I just, I want a man who makes at least as much, if not more than I do. That's fine. You can want whatever you want. You can say, I want a rich guy. I want a guy who makes this kind of money. I great. Have at it. But you have to understand that like you making a certain amount of money, you having a certain kind of business is not going to be something that's going to attract men. That is not going to be something that's going to make him be like, oh, I want her. The kind of guys that are going to care about that are going to be guys that don't have money. So you have to know what is it that actually makes you a desirable partner, you know, and it's always going to come down to your energy, like allowing a man to really feel your energy and like the truth of who you are and like owning who you are. A lot of women lead with their careers because they care about that, but like guys don't. And understanding that like a lot of the men that you meet probably know a lot of women like you, probably know a lot of women who are beautiful and educated and um, smart and successful, right? Like a lot of women are like that. And I think women have this habit of like, we compare ourselves to like the lowest common denominator. Like we'll look for some woman who like hasn't done anything, right? Like we'll think about like, oh, I grew up with this girl, you know, who never accomplished anything, never did anything and is like living a miserable life. Look what a catch I am. Um, compared to her <laughs> but guys are seeing women like you who are beautiful and who are smart and educated and doing really well like those are the other women that he's dating yeah so all of those things are not going to make you more attractive right it's like what actually makes you special like what is it about you that like someone is going to be able to fall in love with because like it's not your money it's not your business it's not your education. It's not your car. It's not your home. You know, like that's not what makes a man fall in love. So like understanding like what makes, what makes you special, what is actually going to attract a man to you and allowing them to feel that when we're leading with our careers, then like they can't feel your real energy. Yeah. And I think it's like helpful to name that too. Cause again, if you're in that dynamic where you're around all your friends and you're like trashing men, that's the energy of trashing men. Like, right. So it's like, 
you're saying like, I'm all these things, but you're being someone who is like not loving men and not just like, Oh my God, I'm like so available to be wooed and like totally in rapture of like this person. And like people feel energy. It's the same thing with selling and the same thing in marketing, right? It's like, if you're like, Oh, all my clients suck and nobody wants to invest and everyone just wants my free shit. And like, fuck all these broke bitches and nobody wants like, (laughs) well, I love you. And you're looking at the wrong thing. And what do you think is going to keep showing up for you? Right. And so being willing to be like, okay, that, that can be true. There's, there can be those people. What I'm available for is this. And do you, for yourself, I know you like started hanging out with more married people and, you know, kind of like shifting around. What are your thoughts on like, I would kind of call it like incubating your desire. Like when I was really making this shift, I one stopped talking to a lot of friends just because I didn't have time because I was going on a date every night, literally. (laughs) But also like, it was so important to me while I was like literally rewiring my brain and having new thoughts that I was like, so I was like a tender, you know, like little baby that if like someone said one of those old things, I was like, just, I couldn't even be around it. And so how do you like do that if you're someone who is having to make a huge shift? And I don't know, what are your thoughts of like basically like hiding out while you're? I think, it's, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. I think it's great to just take in more and more of what you are trying to train your mind to do. You know, so being around people who are actually positive about men or positive mm-hmm. about love or in great relationships. So it's not like ditch all of your single girlfriends, but. You can certainly give it a break if they're really um, anti, if they're really making it hard for you or they're making you question yourself or doubt yourself. It's fine to like have a little bit of space. I think it's also, like I said, you can practice being a contrarian. And like, but the other thing I was going to say is um, you don't have to tell everybody. There's certain people in your life where if you tell them, I'm trying to change my mind about men because I want to have a different experience. They're going to be like, what does that even mean? Like, what's the point? They're such assholes, you know? And it's like, don't tell those people, tell the people who are going to support you and who are going to cheerlead you and are like, yes, I want you to have love. If that's what you want. Like, great. You know, when I was manifesting my husband, there were plenty of people who I never would have shared how deliberately I was dating, you yeah. know, like they would have just made me feel bad about it or made me feel embarrassed or questioned myself. And I think it's smart to recognize you know, what your limitations are now, no one could ever make me question anything about love. Like, right. You're like, I'll be the contrarian all day long. I'll sit at the brunch and be like, you bitches are like, it just seems mean for thinking those thoughts. Those don't have to be true. But before you're like, hold on, let me like, let these grow. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Until they're like trees rather than just like a tiny little thing. Cause then you're like, boop. Just falls right. Down. It's like be willing to like walk away from the stuff that just for this chapter, not forever, is like not serving that piece of you. And I think, you know, to our point, both as coaches and people who create programs for this, is like be in the places where someone else, like that is the deliberate conversation, even if it's like wobbly and rocky and you're practicing all together and like someone's holding that or whatever. Um, I just think that's so important. Totally. Okay. What else do the humans need to know? I feel like. You tell me if there's other things. I w- one thing I kind of want to come back to is standards, but tell me if there's anything else like you really want to riff on. Um, no, let's talk about standards. I think standards okay. is actually a great conversation. Okay. So tell us how you would like kind of break that down. Cause I think there's like the, when is it time to have a standard and when is it time to like, 
let some shit go. Cause I think this is where manifesting is like be really detailed, but also like which details matter and which standards are going to like create good partnership versus keep you in your own limited shit. Okay. So I'm going to talk about standards in two ways. I'm going to talk about it in terms of manifestation and I'm going to give like a really woo woo esoteric. Great. We're here for it. And then we'll talk about it like on the practical level of like, what do I want? Okay. When we're manifesting, we all have masculine and feminine energy in us. And so when you are deciding, like, I want to call something in, I want to call in something big, like an epic, amazing relationship. You want to think about, you have to activate both that masculine and feminine within you because they work together to manifest. So the feminine part within you is the standards. The feminine is the thing that says, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is how I want it. And holding the standards, right? So it's not just saying this is what I want, but actually if something shows up that isn't that, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to be able to sit in the trust. And so you can think about that as like creating a container. So it's like the feminine is creating this strong energetic container. And whenever you say, here's a standard that I have, but I'm actually going to, you know, I want a committed loving relationship, but I'm going to go ahead and keep sleeping with this guy who treats me like garbage, or I'm going to keep going out with this guy, even though like he embarrasses me in front of my friends or, you know, this guy's really rich and hot. Um, so even though he seems to be lying, I'm going to keep seeing it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you're putting all these holes into your container. So now instead of having the strong container, you've got a very leaky container. The masculine within you is the part of you. That's like, I'm going to bring these experiences in. Like I'm going to actually like go get the thing. And it's not about you actually doing something. It's about like, if an idea drops in, if you get an intuitive hit, then you follow it, right? Like that's the masculine of like, what is the action that I need to take? I'm not going to do a billion different things just for the sake of like doing a billion different things. But like, if I get an intuitive hit, like I'm going to actually follow it. And then bringing, bringing things, and then the masculine is the part that like brings the things in. You're not going to be able to get what you want, though, if you have this leaky container. The masculine is not going to want to bring things in. It's like, why am I going to keep filling up this bucket that has a hole? Like, (laughs) nothing is going to happen. So when you're able to hold the standards, even before anything is showing up, that's when you're able to get like a big manifestation. That's when you're like, oh, my God, I got a guy who has actually everything on my list. And like, this relationship is so good. And it's so easy. And I had no idea it could be like this, you know? And it means holding the standards, even if it seems like, oh my God, what if it actually doesn't work and I'm just holding these standards and I'm going to be alone forever. So that's like on the energetic level, sort of like what's happening and how the masculine and feminine are interacting and what the way that it's able to show up. In terms of a practical level, the way that I like my clients to think about it is you have to focus on like the essence of the relationship. So that means that you're focusing on objective standards. You're focusing on subjective standards rather than objective. So if you're saying, I only want a guy who went to Stanford, Harvard, and Yale, he has to be either a CEO, a doctor, or a lawyer. He's got to be at least 6'3". He really needs to have blue eyes, dark hair. He needs to work out at least five, six times a week. I'd prefer it if he drives a BMW. I would also accept a Mercedes. And like, if he doesn't make 350K a year, then like, don't bother talking to me. Mm-hmm. you can have some of those things. There's nothing wrong with those things, but you're 
losing the forest for the trees. Like you're not focusing on the essence of a relationship. Like what is actually going to make you happy in a relationship? Because none of those things are going to lead to like an actual loving relationship. They don't mean anything like in terms of how you feel or how they even show up. Like someone could have a 350k a year job and be in total debt and have a gambling addiction and like have no money, doesn't know how to manage money or they could make a hundred K and have like overflow and like be very well off and like happy to take care of you. Or he could have 25 million sitting in the bank. He could make millions a year and be not at all generous. And it's like, I have right. Right. Like what are the qualities that are actually going to feel really good in a relationship? Mm -hmm. So, you know, even if you're like, I know I want someone who's financially well off. I think that's fine. You can want that, but you want to think about it. Like I want someone who's financially stable. Like what aspect is it saying? I want someone who's responsible. I want someone who's generous. I want someone who, you know, is loving, who's trustworthy, who's kind. Sometimes women will tell me like their lists and like on their list, there's nothing about kindness, nothing about trust, nothing about loyalty. And then they're like, I don't understand why these guys are great on paper. And I'm like, you literally made him great on paper. (laughs) Like you're skipping over the things that like actually make relationships fun. Like someone with a sense of humor, someone who thinks that you're beautiful and like adores you, you know, sometimes women will tell me, they'll say, oh my God, I manifested this guy. He has everything on my list, everything. He's absolutely perfect. Um, Except for he's married. And I'm like, (laughs) no, bitch. Like if. If he is married, that's a huge thing that you are now missing from your list. That means that your list is totally messed up. You're right. You got no one available. No, nothing about availability and like totally willing to like create a life with you. Yeah. And so sometimes women will do that or they'll say, you know, I was just dating someone. He had everything on my list, but he didn't want to be with me. And I'm like, you should be prioritizing someone who wants to be with you. Like yes. that should be at the top, like wants to be with me. I think that I is- realized that like the first, with the person I was dating, when I saw you increase, it was like, I realized that I was like, oh my God, I put nothing on there about like actually being available. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like, oh, that matters. bit of information. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's like two things. One, these should be prioritized, but also like, let go of this idea that someone could be so close to everything you want, except for this actual huge major thing that makes him completely wrong. Right? Not a like, good partner. Like you're not looking for a piece of paper. You're looking for someone to like enjoy life with. If you're listening yeah. to this. You know, and so it's like, you always have to decide like, what am I most committed to? Yeah. So if you say, I want someone who's trustworthy and kind and loyal and has a great sense of humor. And that also six, three and has blue eyes and dark hair and 350 K a year. You can have that. Those men exist. And you're going to have to become a match for it. But it's like, when you're, you have to figure out like, why am I looking for this thing? If you're saying, I want someone who makes a lot of money because I don't have a lot of money and I'm scared I can't take care of myself. That's an energy of needing to be rescued. You're saying, I'm afraid I can't take care of myself. So I need someone who can do that because otherwise I will never feel secure in my life. You're not going to match up with that. So. If you're saying, I I, I kind of hate my life right now. I'm pretty miserable. I don't have any friends. I just want him to make me happy. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll be happy once I'm in a relationship. And it's like, ooh, no. Can you imagine dating someone? Poor guy. Like, yeah. Poor but guy. it's also like we do this to clients when we're like, well, I'll be happy when I get 10K or when they say yes to sale. It's like, ew, what the fuck? It's definitely not your client's responsibility to make you feel abundant or financially like 
stable. Please don't ever put that on somebody else. That is your responsibility. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. No, that is not the vibe for clients or men. I mean, attracting clients is pretty much the same as like literally the same. (laughs) I can just tell you guys. Yeah, totally. Having attracted a 12K client and a 100K client and like unavailable men and great available men. Like these are the principles. But I think just to boil it down, it's like your standards need to come to like, what does this actually do for me? What's the essence of this? And like, how do I be a match and like hold to, to those things? Yeah. And I also think, you know, the only limitation that I would usually place is like, you want to look for things that like qualities that exist in one person. It's very hard if you're saying, I want a guy who's like a master of the universe. Like he is building an empire. He is so devoted to his work. Like he's going to be a billionaire and I want him to have lots of time with me. And I want him to be home at five 30 every day and like plan romantic dates. Those are not things that usually coexist. You know, if you're saying I want someone who's like a total intellectual, like I, I would love just like a professor, you know, maybe someone 20, 30 years older than me. And I want him to like roll around on the floor with our toddler and be silly and goofy. Nah, bitch. His knees are old. old. It's like, it's possible, but like, you're making Ooh. it hard for yourself. Like you're looking for things that don't usually coexist. Yeah. You Another it. one I want to say, cause on the podcast, cause I just know the people listening is like, if you want this like deeply spiritual man, who's like, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, and I want him to like throw me down and be hyper aggressive, masculine and like, fuck this shit out of me. Like, sorry, boo boo. Those things do not tend to go together. And like, I love you, but fucking check yourself on that. Yeah. So I think people get really you know, it reminds me of Impractical Magic when uh, they... Uh, yes, I just watched this. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, on the plane. And just like one green eye, one blue eye. And like, he's this... She's literally intentionally manifesting. So she never... The person does not exist. Yes. She was trying not to need someone. But like, some women are doing that. And like, you don't realize. Like, what do you actually need? And I think when it comes to like, physical things, for example you know, what if you let go of like, he has to look a certain way? What if it was just like, I want someone who I'm attracted to. Like, I want to think he's really attractive and I want him to think I'm really attractive and like, leave it at that because you could have always had one type. And then like, you meet someone where you're like, I never would have thought that this would be my type, but like, I'm attracted. Like you have to have attraction, but like, sometimes it's not going to look the way you think, you know, like I always think of like Charlotte from sex in the city who had the picture perfect guy. Yes. And was happy with Harry, who was bald. And she had amazing chemistry with. And she had great attraction to him. But, like, she, he didn't look the way she thought that he should. And same with the tall thing. It's like, well, why do you want a tall dude? Is it so that you feel confident? Is it so that you feel safe? Could you just say, I want a relationship where I feel physically safe with my partner? Yeah. Like, that person could just, like, be short and, like, a fucking master karate ninja. I don't fucking know. But, like... And you'll feel that way when you're, if you create the opening for them. And like so many, I think it's the same thing with clients. Like you can't say like my soulmate clients, like, bitch, what the fuck does that mean? Why are you going to block out 10,000 other people that want to pay you? Because like, they don't qualify in this one way. Like that's just absurd. Yeah. Fully agree. Fully. Okay. So you know what I would love to hear from you is like, what do you feel like you had to like step into? Like what, cause you had a, I mean, you had a big, you had a big shift fast, I would say. Because yes, like very. you're very stable and like happy and confident in your yes. relationship now. 
But like a year ago, you were not here. (laughs) A year ago, I like couldn't even admit that I wanted a serious relationship. Like that's what I was getting coaching on was like, I want a partner. Do I want the partner I'll be with forever? I I think I remember even saying like, I just want like the practice partner. (laughs) So what I could like fuck it up with. Um, And so really stepping into like, figuring out what my desire was, but also letting go of like, I still don't know, like necessarily if I want to be married or how I'd want it to look like and like certain ways that it would look in real life. But I was like, Oh, what I know is I want partnership. I want this feeling like this, this thing in my life. And I know that much. And so I just kept following like the little crumbs of it and let those be okay. Let those be right. Not worry about the other things making it mean a whole bunch of shit. And again, like kind of to our conversation is like, I just blocked out anything that said like, you have to know everything else. And like, what I know is like, if I just decide one thing, like I'll get the one thing that's always been true. Right. In the business, I wanted a certain amount of money. I didn't really care about like some of the other details didn't really matter. And so just deciding what I wanted, being very specific on what that was and not focusing on the rest. And then to, to our whole conversation was like, well, who would I have to be? And what's all my shit I have to look at to be that person first? Like, I think the way to get anything you want is to go first and to be totally willing. And so I had to see men as totally capable of showing up for me. I had to show men, show like believe that men wanted commitment. I had to get over my own stuff of like, would I be willing to commit? Like there was a lot of confronting conversations of like, well, what if he like told you he loved you today or like wanted to move in today? And I'm like, panic, 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 <laughs> like working through all. Of- but I tell clients all the time, I'm like, what if I gave you 100K today? They're like, I would fucking melt down and lose my shit because like, I'm going to fuck up the money and I don't know what to do with it. And I would spend it and get rid of it. And I would like go into weird patterns and I would think I have to like take care of my family with it. And it's like, ew, ew, ew. Like that's of course why you're not manifesting the thing because it's not going to feel good once you have it. And so I had to get to the point where it was like, I know I can have this thing. I'm pretty neutral around this thing. I'm in the vibes of having this thing and just working through all my shit and really releasing the how it was going to happen, when it was going to happen. But just like, of course, I get to have this thing no matter what. And so a lot of you guys know I had a matchmaker, a very high-end matchmaker. I went on 30 dates in 30 days. I was on the apps. I told everyone I know that I was doing this because I was like, I'm just willing to get my person. However, that looks, I didn't care if I looked desperate. I didn't care if people like, damn, she really needs a man. It's like, hi, yes, I want partnerships. (laughs) And I just had to show up for it in a way that I never, ever had been willing to do that. And it was hard and it was like super uncomfortable, but And the other thing I will say is I made it a fucking priority. Like, sure, it's easy to be like, well, your business was at 100K so you could coast. But like, no, no, no. Like, you have to make something you want a priority and be willing to deprioritize something else. So like, I was willing for my business to make less money or to stop growing for a while or, you know, like for uncomfortable situations to arise and just be like, oh, whatever. Like, (laughs) just like, can't be bothered. I'm focusing on this thing. And that really, really helped, I think. I don't want to say you can't grow your business and have love at the same time, but I think why I got both of them so fast is because I picked one or the other and still believed I got to have it all. I just didn't try to create it all at the same time because that's incredibly hard to do. Yeah, fully. Um, Why did you decide to work with me? Why did you hire me? (laughs) I love the flip flip interview because (laughs) you have such a locked in belief of like, Marriage and partnership gets to be so fun and easy. You believe that people can totally shift and change very, very, very quickly. Like Crystal has 
all the stories of clients that have like manifested and shifted their shit and gotten engaged or in a relationship in a matter of months. And there's not a lot of people I see like holding that level of belief and capability of their clients, which I, I do in my business really well. And so I wanted someone else to like, be like, Julia, no fucking way. Can you create a million dollar business, but like not become this person and do it very quickly and do it from pleasure. And you're always willing to say the thing you are willing to be a contrarian and like piss me off and hold up the (laughs) mirror. And again, like just excellent coaching, which I value. And, and I, I wanted to be able to hold this thing. Like I was pretty clear, like I had a great human in front of me. And again, whether it was him or someone else, like I wanted someone to hold me as I like baby deered my way into this relationship. Cause I knew my shit was going to come up. Right. Like I knew I was going to be confronted. It wasn't just like, Oh, we made it official. Like we're fine. I'm like, okay. So now here come all of these next things that have to happen in a relationship. And like, I haven't talked about like I, saying I love you or moving in with someone or talking about the future. Like I was such a commitment phobe. I never wanted to ask people like, what, what, how, what does this look like? And what do you want for life? And all of those things and opening up and letting someone like see and support me. And so having you there with someone that's just like such a rock solid belief system, you walk your talk, like you hold all the things that was just so, so, so important to me. And like, honestly, wasn't that, I don't think I, like, I think most weeks I just like bragged and was like digesting and processing. Cause that's part of holding good shit. Right. And Chris was like, okay, good. So like things are good. And I'm like, yeah, but like what else? And she's like, no things like things are just good. They're fine. Yeah. Like say it, say I love you if you want to. Like whatever. Get in a fight if you need to. Like, whatever. Do this thing. Like, fine. You're fine. You can't fuck this up. I'm like, okay, are you like, are you sure though? Like, yeah. It's good. And I think that's the same thing. It's like it's actually one of the hardest things to step into. Like, can business really be this good? Can love really be this good? And having someone there to hold you in that, because again, our our social contracts with most people are communicating and commiserating together on the bad stuff. And so when you start to have a lot of good, it can be very overwhelming to your nervous system. And then to have, to be able to like co-regulate with you to be like, of course, it's this good. You know, it's going to get better. I'm like, what? Like, yeah. You know, I love that you say like, um, because we do do a very similar thing. I think that you are outstanding at like holding belief and like allowing your clients to borrow your belief. And I think I do the same thing with love. I'm like, you can borrow my belief because like I, it's unshakable. You can never convince me otherwise. Totally. And yeah, I think it's important and I think it's really helpful. And it's interesting because it's like when you borrow someone's belief, part of the reason they can hold it is because like they're more detached, you know, like, I want my clients to get results, but like, I'm not in their experience. I can just look and be like, I can see that you can have love. And like, I think that you do the same thing. You're like, I can see you're struggling, but also I know you can get to 10 K months or 20 K months. Yeah. And I'll just like sit in, sit in it with you. If I see something, I'll say it to you. And like, when it's okay, it's okay. And like, just be able to hold that containers was so powerful and, and to like show up and then just like, so inspiring to, Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that I appreciate about both of us, so I brag and I brag for you also, (laughs) is that like very powerful coaching. You know, I think there's a lot of people that call themselves coaches that are brilliant and they're really teachers and they don't know how to hold space and they don't know how to coach someone. They don't know how to help someone shift through energy. And I've seen you coach people really powerfully and I'm sure in your higher level containers, you do it in an even deeper way. Um, Like I'm the same way. Like I do teach. I love teaching. I, you know, I love doing interviews and podcasts and things like that. 
and coaching is a different experience and like really helping someone like, yeah, move something around their own shift. Right. Like you can listen to us, but until you like come see one of us and go through that, even if you, whatever you took our journal prompts or like a self-study thing, it's still the same. Like you have to do your own fucking work at the end of the day and like have someone who can take you through that process. Yeah, totally. But it's also interesting because like you are going to be at a point where like you could coach someone around love. You like money and business. It's so so weird. My clients now are like, can you help me with this thing? I'm like, oh, I could. Like I can help you shift into like the commitment thing and working through all your stuff. So I'm like, yeah, it just can be the same. And yeah, exactly. It is the same. And it's like, you know, you got it with money and like you're getting it now with love. And like, I'm the opposite. I got it with love and I'm getting it now with money. I'm like stepping into like, and expanding into that. And it feels really good. And it's funny because it's just like, oh, it is the same. It is the same. Like you have to keep remembering, like once you've mastered one, like you get to master the other. And like, it's a good belief to have that. Like you can have it all because women definitely a lot of times think like, oh, if I have love, like it'll, you know, it'll mess up my business or, you know, vice versa. Like something, if I make more money then like my husband will love me less or. Yeah. I think it was helpful that I like didn't subscribe to that. I don't know how, like, I escaped that, but I was like, that was always the baseline. But kind of the thing is like, it is easier when you master one and then master the other. So for anyone listening, like if now's your time to master love, great, go do that. And if you're working on mastering business, then like you also have to admit to yourself that like you are deprioritizing love. It it can still come in. You can still practice, do the things. But like when we're talking like very quick, rapid ascension, it's usually because something is your sole fucking focus and priority. And like, that's okay. And you get to kind of pick and choose and there's trade-offs to both. Yeah. Right. But it's great once you get it because then, then it's you got so it. fast. Yeah. It's so, so fast to do the other ones. Yeah. Okay. Tell people where to come find you, how to come work with you. If they're like, oh shit, I'm ready, ready for love. This is very confronting, but like this bitch obviously gets it. Okay. If you're ready, ready for love, then come work with me. So I have a couple of ways that I can work with people. First of all, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram. I also have a podcast that's called Rise and Love. So if you want all of the free goodies, that's where you can find the good stuff. If you are really serious, then you know my course, The School of Manifesting Love is available. And I also work with women in my mastermind, which is Extraordinary Love. And I'm actually enrolling that currently. So if you're like, my year of the man is coming up, I am serious then just reach out to me. Let's talk about it on, on, you know, see if it's the perfect thing for you. But yeah, I put out a ton of free content and I also do amazing work. So yeah, yep. my website is my name, crystalerum.com. But if you want to chat with me, you can, you can connect me on Instagram and I can hook you up with the, the perfect thing for you. Yeah. And social. And I feel like people, I mean, just from listening to this, it's 11, 11, um, can get a vibe for you, but also there's so much good content. So like go binge it, go see like if you vibe with Crystal, but like this bitch will hold you to your shit. She will see you as extremely capable. Like it is going to be confronting in the best way. And that's just like what I love about you is like, you just don't stand for anything else. You're like, whatever. Like I'm not a dating coach. Like, no, it's love. Like this is what we're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're so good. (laughs) Highly recommend you guys. Hmm. Okay, anything else you want to leave the humans with? Uh, no, I feel like this was very thorough. This was great. It was like super fun. I feel like so, we covered a lot of stuff. And I, obviously we could go on forever, but... <laughs> like one day Crystal can interview me about love. I feel like that'll be fun too. 
Yeah, that would be super fun. I'm going to do a panel of like <laughs> behind the scenes, the man edition. Here are all the humans that like helped me get the fuck out of my own way and stop being such a little bitch about commitment. <laughs> that would be super fun. You should totally do that. Coming soon. You heard it first. Oh my God. Why did I sign myself up for this? Okay. <laughs> anyway, I know everyone wants to hear it because it is like, so cool to see how you apply the same stuff from business over to love. So thank you for being here, sharing all your wisdom. Thank you for helping me create and cultivate even deeper and better love in my own life. It means the world to me. Oh, you're so welcome. This was so fun. I'm really happy we did this. And I just can't wait to see all the magic you continue creating from here because you're just the best. I love you. Marriage and babies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll put everything in the show notes. You guys go find Crystal on Instagram and. If you're ready for love, hire her. Because guess what? You gonna get it. All right. I love you. Thank you for being here. I love you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. 